The Inland Empire of Washington State is an exciting place to be. Hammers are swinging, cranes are craning, machines are buzzing, robots are learning, and the region is full of life. Welcome to the Irons in the Fire podcast, a show exploring the many exciting and innovative businesses that drive and promote our local economy here in Spokane, Washington, and beyond. So lean in, because you're going to hear some valuable and behind-the-scenes insights from some of the area's top manufacturing companies, aerospace companies, and some of the best business minds in the region. Together, we're putting more irons in the fire. Today's episode is brought to you by Weave. What if you could show appreciation to clients, employees, friends, and family while supporting local Spokane businesses? Well, now you can with Weave. Weave offers gift baskets filled with some of the best locally sourced goods and products Spokane has to offer. Weave's goal is to create beautiful gift baskets while bringing together the abundance of the greater Spokane region. Go now to www.weavespokane.com. That's www.weavspokane.com. And use promo code IRONSINTHEFIRE, all one word, to get $20 off your first order. Give the gift of local, give the gift of weave. Well, folks, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Irons in the Fire podcast. This is your host, James Krejci, and we're doing something a little bit different here in season two of Irons in the Fire. We're starting to invite um, different companies on that aren't necessarily directly involved in manufacturing themselves. And you saw that probably in, in episode one this season. We had Northwest Aerospace News on the show. They don't manufacture anything, but they're all about aerospace and promoting the, the cluster of aerospace here in the region. And so excited to kind of continue that trend, mixing in companies like this that support manufacturing in aerospace very heavily and um, kind of hearing some awesome stories out of them. So we've we heard some great ones out of Northwest Aerospace News. Today I'm sitting down with two representatives from Ide Bailey, uh, Steve Rourke, who's the business development director uh, in the national tax group for Ide Bailey, and uh, Shana Wood, who's a tax partner. And um, I'm going to let them kind of talk a little bit more about the descriptions of those roles and, and career. So first of all, uh, I'd like to hear a little bit about the two of you personally. Steve, tell us about your career journey and how it brought you to Ide Bailey. Well, first of all, thanks for having us out. Uh, it's really kind of you. Uh, I started out on the Air Force's F-22 program, which is the Advanced Tactical Fighter and I did that in 1994. So I've been doing things associated with research and development, manufacturing, aerospace, software, those kinds of programs, really for about 25 years. Hard to believe it's been that long already, but uh, I learned a whole bunch while I was on the F-22 program, and now I've done thousands of tax credits and all kinds of things uh, that are really exciting as far as how to basically save tax money and how to increase cash flow so that's kind of my quick background awesome well you get to inject some some cool manufacturing related insight i hope aerospace so. <laughs> as well into what you do so absolutely <laughs> shana tell us your story um i am not born but essentially from spokane um my family moved here when i was young and um grew up on the north side 
and then I went away for school, but I knew that I wanted to come back to this area. So when I graduated from college, um, I came back this way. Um, and going into schooling, uh, I, I think I was just naturally a nerd already in terms of accounting. Yeah, I knew that's, that's that was my career myself, path. So. <laughs> um, I, I um, yeah, collected pencils and stationery as a kid, Excellent. so I think I, it was just fate. <laughs> um, and I had a great accounting teacher in high school who uh, really opened my eyes to some opportunities. And so I went away to do accounting, thinking I would end up in the FBI, work in white collar mm. crime. That was really um, kind of the direction that I took. And then came back to Spokane, um, and it was my high school accounting teacher that got me a job with, um, at the time, McDermott, Mickelson, and Seacrest. And then um, that worked into I'd Bailey, what it is now. Um, but I just knew I wanted to be back in this area. Yeah. Um, so my trip is a little uh, more boring than Steve's in the fact that I've been with the same firm for 20 years here in Spokane. No, that's... I enjoy hearing the stories of longevity, and there's a reason you've been in Spokane for a long time. We'll get into that more later in the show, but uh, it's an exciting place to be. Mm-hmm. It is, yep. Well, thank, what, what kind of hobbies, Shana, do you have outside of work when you're not uh, cranking away and helping clients the way you do? What do you do to get a release? So I've got uh, two young boys, elementary school, and a very um, active husband who probably is, the, I married him probably because he is very active and um, nice. I'm, I'm somewhat traditional as an accountant in terms of being comfortable in my space, yeah. um, much more of a staycation than a vacation type of person. Um, so we just basically try to take in everything that Spokane and the outlying areas have to offer. Nice. Um, a lot of time up at the lakes and the rivers during this time of year when things are a little bit slower at the office um, we try to enjoy the mountains in the winter and get the kids up to ski and snowboard at the local places Um, you know we've got some acreage so lots of bonfires in the backyard and just friends over and um, keep it simple um, simple and cozy got all my family (laughs) my family's here so you know just a lot of time with them you're a loyal Spokaneite Spokaneite it's it's been good to me yeah (laughs) excellent and Steve how about you what hobbies do you have outside of work so kind of kind of like Shanda, I like to I like to travel the local area. Uh, yeah. I actually went to Shadel, so I'm from here as well originally. Uh, my kinfolk, so to speak, are from the Methow Valley. So like last weekend, we took off, oh, yeah. went up to to Winthrop, spent the night in Winthrop, and then went on to Victoria. So got to sail across and and, and then cruise around, go to Bouchard Gardens, that kind of stuff. So I love yeah. to travel, is what I would say. Uh, and then I also love because I'm kind of a closet engineer. I love to work on hot rods. So I'm always oh. working on motorcycles and hot rods and you know building things. I love to be on a project, which for me is a lot of fun and interesting. I guess I'm kind of a closet engineer, a lot like our manufacturers. So, you know, yeah. my, my work life and my personal life are fairly balanced in that regard. Awesome. Well, we've got some commonalities there. My father and I have restored a few uh, classic cars. So awesome. I also enjoy that. <laughs> you both um, support and have interest in, in the manufacturing industry. I've seen uh, Shana at several manufacturing events here in Spokane and Steve, obviously your mm-hmm. background. Um, that you shared with us uh, lends to that as well. Um, what kind of initially sparked your interest in the in the industry? 
My interest was we just I uh, started working with some clients and that's what they did. Um, yeah. And so in the beginning, it was just more of doing the compliance piece of it. But when you do just compliance, that can get really dull. So it's it's really fun for me to actually dive in and understand what they're doing. Um, I can't service them completely as their accountant and their advisor if I don't understand what's happening, um, not just in the financial component, but with management and with staff and, and understand what their um, their offices look like and their warehouses look like and what they're making. Yeah. So it's nice to be able just to initially go on a website and, and check out some of those things. And then hopefully that leads to maybe a tour. Um, and then that's what can lead me then to finding opportunities like what with Steve, what Steve does. If I understand what they're doing, um, then we can refer other other resources and other specialty services to them. So mm-hmm. it started out for me just having clients that did that and really wanting to understand better. Um, and also, as you said, I, I love Spokane and I love what's happening here. Um, and so working with a lot of what we work with are the local businesses that are here in Spokane and outlying areas. Uh, yeah. A lot of them family owned, have been passed down through generations or somebody who's had a great idea and is um, starting something really neat. And they're supporting this community and the people that are in that community. So if I'm able to get involved and help them, help that business grow and thrive, um, that just it's it's exciting to think about how we help um, I don't have the same gearhead mentality that the two of you have. I'm not one that goes and, and wrenches on things and builds things. So I kind of live vicariously through those clients and what they do. Yeah. Um, and that's really exciting to be able to be a part of that um, with just with my background. That is. Well, it makes the it makes the job funner when you connect with it the way that we can, you know. Um, so, S- Steve, you obviously, your background kind of, lent itself to being interested in this, uh, even in the, the accounting world and beyond. Um, what, what's the funnest part, would you say, about um, working with manufacturers in your role? So the fun thing for me is, you know, you start talking about things like cost accounting, and boy, people nod off in a hurry. <laughs> it's just not the most exciting topic in the planet. But when you start talking about process and how things actually work, everything from, you know, computer-aided design to translating that design and putting it on a CNC machine, for example, and then how you go about the various different creation of not just the thing they're trying to make, but also the the fixtures, the tooling, the, the thing to make the thing, and you talk about the issues they face as they're trying to create these components. You talk about the inspection process and how that process works, alternatives in the process. You talk about how they learn literally on every single thing they work on and how they have to innovate on every single thing they work on. And that's something that I find that you know, a taxpayer, and we're all taxpayers at the end of the day, but Mm -hmm. that's something the taxpayer can sink their teeth into and relate to. And so if I can talk in those terms as to how their processes work, then I can take that 
in my little accountant mind and turn that into a cost accounting exercise to be able to then show them return on their investment because there's a lot of investment in the tools there's a lot of investment in the people and the training and all of the things that are associated with creating new products and getting them to market you know international issues all kinds of things as they're trying to figure out how do i make this work how do how do i deliver good quality products to my you know to my customers yeah and so in that regard being able to translate you know from the mind of a cpa over to the mind of somebody who's actually out there trying to make it happen be it right. their garage or be it in you know a big you know 100,000 square foot shop floor you know or you know million million square foot shop floor yeah you know, these it's days just, it's yeah, yeah. It's, it's just <laughs> to me that whole combination of data and experience to me that blends really nicely with both worlds and that's the thing that gets me excited you said uh my little accounting mind but i think i think accountings have pretty big minds so we'll make that correction when you say or when we talk about manufacturing a lot of people will have an image in their minds like maybe a dirty job or something Mm -hmm. that's really labor intensive a guy manually working on a machine um what should we be thinking when we say manufacturing in today's world well kind of like i alluded to earlier you know there's the whole machine shop uh you know computer numerical control cnc machines you know lays and mills and you know wire edm and sinker edm you know which is basically machining down to a tenth of a thousandth of an inch yeah we're talking very small minute amounts so to be able to machine down to that level that's one way of looking at the manufacturing world i think that translates you know pretty nice into like you know the classic you know henry ford and the whole assembly line and that thing but as you point out it's a much bigger world you know agriculture is huge in washington state it's huge in idaho and oregon you know across the nation you know agriculture has an awful lot of manufacturing processes really Mm -hmm. uh everything from the design of new plant varieties you can actually get a patent called plant variety protection pvp uh that whole process and how you go about creating genetic crosses mandolin genetics you know (laughs) pretty fun stuff if you can't get to sleep at night you can read all about it but you know that process of bringing new crops you know when we drive in in washington state and see wheat every year we just go hey look they planted more wheat but to the farmer to a to to an actual agricultural scientist that's genetically modified if it stayed the same every year the diseases in the crops would be horrendous so it has to change so you know those things that you know we can't necessarily see with the Uh, with the naked eye even in the machining world right a tenth of a thousandth you can't see that right but again you can sure feel it when you're on an airplane and you're trying to fly from spokane to seattle right definitely (laughs) it's very comforting to know that somebody somebody invested in that same thing on the software front right there's an awful lot of software and application development that's also a manufacturing process you know from brainstorming to creating storyboards a functional specification document that outlines the roadmap for development uh that actual hands-on agile programming process you know going through scrum and all of that stuff that's 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 huge there's an awful lot of that in the spokane area there's an awful lot of that across the nation uh 
course, aerospace, you mentioned that earlier, you know, all of those manufacturing machining things associated with aerospace and this whole world of PMA parts, which is parts manufacturer authority. Mm -hmm. PMA, so like we tend to think like Boeing, for example, big news on, you know, the 737 and some of the things that have been going on with them, but it's a super complicated world. Boeing doesn't actually get approved for the part. The part gets approved by the FAA. It goes to yes. a, mm-hmm. a designated engineering representative. The, the DERs are the ones that actually approve a part for manufacturer. So there's an awful lot of manufacturers out there. For example, I've worked with uh, Sikorsky Helicopters. Uh, they have a lot of parts that tend to wear out or crack or have issues and they're incredibly expensive to have to manufacture a brand new part. So if you can create a way, for example, to take that part and repair it so that it is certified the same as a new part Mm -hmm. and you can save save the customer money, hey, that's a good trade-off for a lot of companies. Helps them stay in business, you know, it helps create business. So that's that whole, uh, you know, PMA parts or working through the FAA, you know, to get certified aerospace parts is a big deal. Uh, defense contractors is a really big deal. We have Fairchild Air Force Base locally. Yeah, right here. Yeah, yep. exactly. So, you know, a lot of a lot of the support to the base, you know, everything from new, you know, we're getting new tankers, you know, there's going to have to be changes to the way that the avionics systems work inside the aircraft. You know, we have contractors that can come in and help do that. Those are people that we can work with and actually help save tax dollars, <laughs> you know, helps keep them in business, helps keep them, uh, helps keep them competitive. Uh, Chem Biopharma, there's quite a bit of that around too. There is. Yeah, so everything from, you know, creating new drug discovery to new molecules to, to coming up with new tests, new way of new ways of treating disease. Uh, we have the new medical school coming in, mm-hmm. you know, so there's an awful lot of, you know, the whole chem biopharma uh, phase. And then lastly, I guess I would talk a little bit about uh, architectural and engineers. Uh, there's an awful lot of engineering of some pretty significant projects. Uh, mm-hmm. Everything from really large buildings to construction projects, road work, you know, crazy bridges. And, and you know, we just got the new flying bridge that connects the campus. You know, yeah. some, of the, some of the structural engineering and the things that go into that. Very fascinating work behind that and how that process works. And the way the, the, way the construction industry is innovating is kind of bringing the construction industry and the manufacturing industries closer together which Absolutely. is pretty exciting to see you bet and manufacturing plants look at the floor that they had to put in out for amazon's new service center i mean mm-hmm. that floor the the milling on that floor that floor had to be perfectly table smooth so that all of the robotic machinery could operate within the within the facility so you know some fascinating engineering solutions that go into manufacturing you know buildings i mean you, you name it if you can touch it it got manufactured yeah. somewhere right <laughs> well and you guys as accountants um you enjoy the precision and you mentioned tolerances mm-hmm. down to you know uh thousandths of of an inch and even beyond uh, you know thousandths of a millimeter sometimes right and uh, i know you guys like precision and accuracy so that plays into that well 
Uh, yeah, side story. I've actually yeah. worked with nano machinery, uh, nano down at the down at the width of a hydrogen molecule. They can get down to sixty nanometers across in machining. So I mean that is fascinating. <laughs> I mean that's that's taking a hair and splitting it sixty ways. It is. It's crazy. <laughs> So similarly, Shana, when we think of accounting, some of us think back to our college days, maybe we took one or two accounting classes and we think of it as a certain way, but what should we be thinking when we say accounting into the future? I would say everything that you initially thought would be accounting with the bean counters and the 10 key and somebody in a room with a computer. I think that's the the initial. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I don't have one of those, but, um, but like I said, I do have my, my pencil collection. Um, so that I think is what a typical accountant, it was a lot of compliance. It was, it's tax returns. It's a financial statement. It's ledgers. It's balancing. Um, that would be what someone would assume accounting is. Mm-hmm. Um, and even when we talk to college students and I ask them, you know, what do you envision this job looking like? Um, and what is the difference between tax versus audit? Even within inside of accounting, there's misconceptions about what it is. And a lot of times it's, well, I want to travel and I like people and working in teams, so I want to be an auditor. Or in tax, it might be, well, I like to work individually and I like my quiet time and my pocket protector, so I want to do taxes. (laughs) So there's all these stereotypes within accounting. Um, But I think as we watch all of the the changes that technology and all the manufacturing changes that are causing um, technology in the world around us to change so much, um, Mm -hmm. compliance is becoming the side story and accounting is now um, your consultant and your advisor and the person who helps you project into the future and helps you plan for um, the rest of your business and into the future of transitioning that to maybe it's a employee uh, type of ownership and a, a stock option plan or something, yeah. and, or maybe it's selling to the next generation or figuring out if if those kids don't want to be a part of it, how do I you know how do I transition this company and um, you know and sell it and so thinking about all those those bigger picture and helping with um, outsourcing a lot of maybe the back office work that wasn't done before that was all done in house before. Um, the cost of of networks and the cost of software and licenses and upgrades and um, that can become really overwhelming to someone who's not very comfortable with technology. Right. Um, So we can come in and help them with all of the technology and help them with um, just down to even just setting up the software and helping them monitor and, and be their back office computer support and tech team. Um, you know, it comes into play with cybersecurity and with um, international issues. And um, there's, there's, we've talked about how I envision at some point you'll take a picture of a W-2 yeah. and a couple of your other tax documents, and um, and that compliance piece will be taken care of by your phone. You know, and Google will prepare your tax return and maybe automatically Alexa. just yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we have to reinvent what accounting is because what we used to do is is going to be replaced by robots. And so what does that mean? And where do we add value and become part of the team going forward? Um, and that part seems a lot more fun to me than what it used to be. So mm-hmm. it's exciting. Um, but it's changing that mindset of why people need an accountant and what that accountant can do for you. And are they truly a part of your team? Um, so changing the perception, not just of 
who we the accounting world but also the people that we work with to know that they can ask us anything and if we don't know we can find the right person for them and we're more of a trusted advisor than just their bookkeeper or their tax preparer right that's kind of the way i see it changing I'm glad you made that we t- distinction we talked to in preparing for the show about compliance related activities and then kind of the options which are you know maybe what people would think of as the fun side of accounting quote unquote so uh, I think it's important for people to, to recognize both both sides when they're exploring this field right um, both for getting them attracted to it but also for realizing if it's not the right fit for them early on right so um, yeah thanks for making that distinction um, let's shift gears a little bit here and talk a little more about Ide Bailey. It's uh, I see you guys in town a lot in Spokane and um, very well known and respected firm in town. What has accomplished that and set you aside from other firms and kind of given you a, as a highlight in the community? So uh, I'll, I guess I'll, I'll take a, I'll take a stab at that. Take a uh, stab, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm actually a national asset. So I work for all of the Ide Bailey offices, and we have this really unique approach to to providing, I guess, what I would call higher level tax advice uh, and service via our national tax office. Uh, We have a lot of individualized people who are solely focused on a given topic. They wake up in the morning, that's what they worry about, that's what they research. They're always looking for court cases and legislative activity. We actually have a a gentleman that works out of Washington, D.C., so he's got his finger on the pulse of what's happening and what's shaking, what's what's changing in America. we have folks that look at specialized deductions. There's the new 199A deduction that just came out of uh, tax reform. Uh, I myself work a, a whole bunch on research tax credits for companies. Uh, mm-hmm. We have everything from opportunity zones, uh, state and local tax. You may have heard of the whole Wayfair case. It was a recent case yes. that just mm-hmm. came out that creates nexus within the states, depending on number of transactions or dollar thresholds. That's really changed the way that businesses have to collect tax and also have to report income. Uh, for taxation so it kind of hits sure. them on two fronts right kind of you know in Washington we see sales tax right or we see B&O mm-hmm. tax so you know same thing within the states a lot of states actually have to file a tax return so that whole process is a very unique process uh, we have folks that are focused solely on international we actually work with 167 countries that's a ton of countries tax treaties all the things associated with all of that uh, we have just a bunch of folks, uh, folks that deal solely with controversy. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, things come up, there's different positions taken, people see things different ways, either at the state level, at the federal level. And so we have a, a whole group that's dedicated to resolving those kinds of issues. So you know, again, the thing that makes us unique is we just provide a whole bunch of services. Uh, fixed asset services would be another one where we can really come in and give give that higher level tax planning advice. You know, kind of back to your you know your technology focus. Google's awesome. Yeah. You know, Amazon's awesome. But how do you Google cut my tax bill, right? <laughs> you know, and that's where you know we make that connection. 
you get some pretty poor advice when you do yeah. that. Right? <laughs> some interesting answers, right? Multiple ways to do something, right? Yeah, exactly. And so, to, to play on what Steve said, if I might, is yeah. that the reason I Bailey ended up in Spokane um, was because there was a firm that was founded back in the mid-'70s called McDermott, Mickelson, and Seacrest. Mm-hmm. And, um, and as they grew and had been around for for quite a few years and had grown into a say 50 person accounting firm here in Spokane they started to realize that um, without some of these other resources it was a constant rebuilding of the wheel every time something came up that was new and how do you how do you have all these staff devoted to working on the existing clients and taking care of them when we're also getting pulled in other directions of trying to keep up with Wayfair court cases and dealing with IRS things and all the other yeah. stuff that can pop up inside of a, um, a just a, a, a day within a life of being a business owner. And if we've got to get the work done, but then we can't you know, handle all the other things that are coming up. And um, so recognizing at some point that if we wanted to, to stay relevant and to truly be able to serve our clients, um, and take care of them in the way that we wanted to, that we needed a bigger team. Right. Um, and so back in the, uh, 2014, June of 14, um, we merged, McDermott, Mickelson, and Seacrest merged with Ide Bailey, and we're the first and still only Washington Ide Bailey office. Ide Bailey's more of a, a Midwest, so Fargo and... Um, Minneapolis, that's really where okay. a lot of the hub of Ide Bailey is. And then they kept mm-hmm. moving um, out west with that expansion. Um, and the goal was that they wanted to find other offices, larger local offices that had, um, you know, a real specialty area in their area, but were maybe right. like a, a bigger firm and maybe a second level market, you know, or a smaller yeah. city that they could uh, go in and merge and um, really make an impact there. And so um, they, you know, not getting into Seattle market yet, because then you're, a, you know, a small fish in a big pond. Why not find an area where you're a really big fish? Um, in that pond and you can really make an impact there so that was kind of why the merger um, and we became Ide Bailey and we still are working on um, the pronunciation you know of our name Um, there's a lot of Edie Bally's or Ide (laughs) Bally or um, you know even with some of our clients getting to that Ide Bailey I know it's it's well known in the Midwest but it's still a name (laughs) that um, is a tongue twister for some but it it was uh, it was exciting for our team for all of our staff for our clients um, so it was it was a really positive thing, and, and, and that made the message really easy mm-hmm. when when the merger happened. Well, I'm pretty proud. I, I think I said it correctly at the beginning of the show, so I'll pat myself on the back. You nailed My it. My last name is the <laughs> same way. I, I get all sorts of flavors of Krejci, and uh, right. it's uh, something I've become fairly used to, but uh, kind of correcting people at times when they're a little right. bit too far off. But <laughs> a little jumble <gentleman. laughs> So what are the a few of the services that you provide? You kind of touched on them a little bit, uh, Steve and mm-hmm. Shana as well. But where someone would kind of say, wow, you guys really do that? Talk about a few of those. Well, I know we've got a really big um, presence in the healthcare industry. Um, and that, that some of that stuff, it's not so much right here in Spokane because there's so much hospital owned mm-hmm. right in this area. Um, but in a lot of areas where it's um, critical access and rural care 
and um, some of those really specific medical uh, departments where we've got a team that that's all they do is the mm-hmm. medical industry. Um, so they do a lot of consulting um, and really oh, okay. being kind of a, a CFO for hire uh, in a lot of those yeah. situations. And um, we also just do, we try to go in and we can do contract reviews and contract negotiations in the, the medical world. So if we've got privately owned um, you know, me- medical groups here in, in Spokane where maybe we think they need to go in and do some negotiations with their insurance um, you know, payers and, and try to negotiate a better contract. We have people who deal specifically with those things and can mm-hmm. come in and review contracts and, and do coding reviews and see if there's different revenue cycle opportunities where maybe they're miscoding things and not getting all the yeah. revenue that they potentially could. Um, so those are things that we couldn't do before, but now we can offer those kinds of services and have someone who actually lived in that world, but who now works with Ide Bailey and does that as a, as a, a team within Ide Bailey. Um, and we've got somebody who does cybersecurity reviews, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, a really fun topic to be able to talk with clients in this day and age um, oh, and, and get on that. huge need, yeah. Yeah. Huge so need. we've got, um, oh, there's my, and um, let's see here. We've got, with the cybersecurity, there's also fraud and forensic and expert witness work that we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got a whole group that's devoted just to that. Um, Steve mentioned we have a IRS controversy group. Uh, a lot of them actually worked for the IRS at one point. Um, a lot of them are actually attorneys and not CPAs. Gotcha. And so now they know how to handle all of that, and they, they'll come in in any type of situation, and they just take it over. And they handle dealing with the IRS and, and dealing with the, the filing, all the different paperwork filings and, mm-hmm. um, and um, the negotiations that happen. Um, with that. So that's a really scary thing um, yeah. unless you're really well tuned into how that works and you're, you're scared about what you might Knowing say and, and opening up some kind of a thing. rabbit hole. Yeah. So um, a lot of the notices that come out of either the states or the feds are actually generated by systems. And so right. one of the advantages of our controversy team is because they're so well networked with both the states and the federal government, they're able to find the right person, the right contact. And so because they understand how the system really works from the side of the government, they're then able to solve those problems much, much faster. A lot quicker. Instead of making it like, you know, legal and, you know, contested and writing memos back and forth, they're able to make a couple of phone calls a lot of times and just make an issue go away. Half the battle is reaching the right person. You're trying to mail things and knowing the 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 way around that i guess or the way to reach somebody fast is how the system really works really like back to manufacturing right yeah (laughs) how do i get that down to a tenth of a thousandth across the entire piece whatever it may be well what what you mentioned shana i liked uh, i'm going to pause on that for a minute the i would call it wilderness accounting because i know of uh firms out there that focus on wilderness staffing for hospitals and so you know, if you're having trouble as a rural area finding a qualified CFO, for example, someone like Ide Bailey can come in and provide that. It's pretty, pretty important. And to the bigger manufacturing community, you know, as 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 an employer, as your number of employees increases, then you have that whole HCA compliance. You yeah. know, healthcare, right? You have to comply with Obamacare rules, right? So how do you do that? 
Yeah. Well, we have a person that's all she worries about. Tanya rules. She worries about how do we how do we solve these issues? And we have an awful lot of notices again, system generated or otherwise, that come up, and she's able to make a lot of that go away. And they usually come out guns blazing with penalties and interests and all this stuff. Yeah. So you know they tend to be you know pretty scary when you get a notice like that. So it's nice to have an insider that can really go in and help you solve that and make it go away. So, Shana, you alluded to this a little bit towards the beginning, but succession planning is becoming a big topic in our in our world today with generations changing, or businesses changing hands as our generations age. And um, talk about what uh, Ad Bailey does in support of these types of business transitions. So we have a group that deals with mergers and acquisitions. Um, it's headed out mm-hmm. by uh, a woman named Carolyn Linkov. Uh, and, and she looks at, she deals with a lot of that. We also have um, a group that helps with valuation services, and then we also have a team called the transaction services. So the three of them kind of work um, kind of a perfect trifecta of figuring yeah. out what, what is your business worth, uh, and then also going out and helping you maybe go to market with that. Um, if you want to advertise and see what kind of offers you can get in, bring in, mm-hmm. um, they'll even come in ahead of time. The ideal situation is for somebody to come in maybe five years prior to wanting to sell and saying, this is kind of what I figured. I thought my kids would want to take this over, but they're going in a different direction. And But I really want this to continue for the sake of my employees. So what are my options? They'll come in and they'll start to lay the groundwork. Well, well how do we get the most value out of your business? What do we need to do to get the right management team in place? Maybe we need to assess some of the technology that you're using um, make sure we've got the right people doing the right types of roles maybe the owners need to transition some of their responsibilities to other employees Mm -hmm. because maybe those employees will then become part of the new company and the new ownership and if you've got knowledge that's valuable that's not going to be continuing with that business that's a um, there's a discount there so trying to get all of those pieces into place so that you can go to market with the best value Um, And then helping you understand what the value is, helping you with those negotiations, um, maybe taking some of the emotional piece out of um, selling your business so that we can really help on the back end with those negotiations. And then we can also go in and and help you with uh, different due diligence work. Um, to make sure that maybe the buyer is the right buyer and that they're going to make the right decisions for your team when you're Mm -hmm. gone. That's huge. Um, And then also helping you lay out the tax aspects of what does this look like, what are our different different options on the sale to make sure you walk away with the most money. Um, Not only are you feeling great about the sale from just the personal and the emotional aspect of it, but you're you're putting money into your pocket that you've worked hard. That's your retirement plan. So being able to put all those pieces together um, to provide a real full service um, again something that's really really exciting to be able to do for clients yeah and I don't have to do it I just know the right people that <laughs> that's the right what people. they do and they wake up and they think about that all the time as Steve said um, and they're a great team and we all work together so yeah. they keep me in the loop they keep the clients in the loop it becomes everyone's project and everyone's client you don't just get passed off to somebody else it becomes a real big puzzle that you all work on together right and that feels really good too well and let's be honest manufacturers are busy because that's their lifeblood and having somebody in there that can support handling the the business transaction piece or be a big support in that is critical for them doing it on their own is like finding the time to do that it's you're not going to probably get as high of a valuation and you're also not going to have the pool of buyers that you would if you get a specialist involved Mm -hmm. so 
Great. And valuations often sound like one number, right? Just like, I'm going to get this valuation. Is it 1.2 million? Is it 1.3, right? And valuations actually can be fairly fluid. You know, for example, if you're, let's just say succession planning, you're actually not looking to get out of your business. Mm -hmm. You're looking to acquire another business. If that business has had up years and down years, which happen, you may have losses. You may have losses that are affected by basis. Yeah. There's uh, 382, 383 studies. I know we love to talk code sections in our <laughs> world, but there are studies that where we can take a look at how much of those losses can carry forward, how much value will you actually get out of those losses. And so another angle might be that you want to do like an employee stock ownership program, right, where you would sell Mm -hmm. the business to the employees. What would that look like? We have a a gentleman, that's all he does is ESOPs. So, you know, we can provide a lot of advice from a lot of different angles as businesses look to either acquire another business or look Mm -hmm. to sell their business or even a portion of their business. They might want to keep the building, but sell the operating entity, for example. Yeah. Uh, They might need to buy, like, if you like Boeing Green, you might want to go buy an aerospace company that has a bunch of previously approved certs, you know, Mm -hmm. and you might need to retain those within the existing entity. So how do you structure that, right? If there's royalties involved or what have you. So, again, there's a lot of angles. So, so. So there's a lot of data points to kind of think about. I like to make things complicated. No, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to take a go on a quick journey here for a minute. Uh, let's say the two of you are executives of a major established uh, manufacturing company here in Spokane. What attracted you to the Spokane area to, to start the business? And then what advantages does this region have that maybe other regions don't? I'd say in a nutshell, it's the people. You know, Northwest people, I think, are just entrepreneurial. Uh, They like to make things happen. We're kind of adventurous. Uh, We're really good relators with other folks. We like to go to the lake and hang out. We like to camp. You know, I just think we have this amazing spirit. I just see that across the Northwest. And I would say that really makes us super attractive. We have great universities here, everything from, you know, the Falls and Community to Whitworth, you know, EWU, Gonzaga. I mean, you can go south to WSU, you know, and watch the Cougs, yeah. right? You got the U of I sitting right there, uh, you know, LC State College. I mean, there's some really good universities around here, and they're pumping out, you know, everything that we need, engineers, mm-hmm. you know, medical program. I mean, you name it, right? Really great ag colleges. I mean, we have some really good universities that can really help you know feed the pipeline because we need to feed the pipeline we've got short commutes great property values you know it's just a nice place yeah Yeah. i mean we haven't had an earthquake we avoided the one from yesterday right (laughs) so you know i mean it's just you know everything like i said great snow skiing five resorts within you know two hours killer golf courses it's just a nice place to live and the cost of living the affordability of homes and um, the the public schools that we have around here um, 
and it's just and it's growing. You mentioned it is, liking yeah. Portland because of the food. I think Spokane's becoming a foodie place as well. It it's pretty fun exactly. to see. We're getting hip. We might be a little yeah. bit behind the times, a little slow on some of the things, but I, I think that it's a really um, it's a fun place to explore. And we're growing at a fast pace, but we're still slow enough where it feels like home. Yeah, and I, I like, like to that keep combination. That we don't want to let the secret out too far. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Steve, Shana, it's been awesome to have you guys on the Irons in the Fire podcast and spending some time to tell us a little bit more about yourselves and about Ide Bailey, and so it's been a pleasure. Thank, Thank you, you much. so much for the opportunity. Today's episode is brought to you by Weave. What if you could show appreciation to clients, employees, friends, and family while supporting local Spokane businesses? Well, now you can with Weave. Weave offers gift baskets filled with some of the best locally sourced goods and products Spokane has to offer. Weave's goal is to create beautiful gift baskets while bringing together the abundance of the greater Spokane region. Go now to www.weavespokane.com. That's www.weavspokane.com. And use promo code IRONSINTHEFIRE, all one word, to get $20 off your first order. Give the gift of local, give the gift of weave. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Irons in the Fire podcast, a show which explores the many facets of manufacturing and aerospace here in the Inland Empire. Also, please remember to subscribe through iTunes or Google Play by searching Irons in the Fire. And if you like the show, give us a five-star rating. More details and information about the show can be found on my webpage, ironsinthefirepodcast.com. Again, ironsinthefirepodcast.com. And be sure to spread the word. Let's continue to forge the future of manufacturing and put more irons in the fire. Until next time, thanks for listening.